It's another Saturday Night in Comedy and the end of one more month of punchlines. Tonight on The Roundup, we're teeing off on a big indie comedy fest, hitting the mean streets of Toronto. It's all about the Danforth this week as we sit down with heavy hitters and cult favorite crowd killers all rolling in from the suburbs. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Jokes. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, at least for a very limited time. And as always, streaming coast-to-coast, North America-wide, planet Earth-wide, Marvel Extended Universe-wide. Will we get sued for saying that? Who cares at this point? Right here on Global News Radio, we have our good producer, Vince Tedesco, who is actually coming to us live from Montreal. He is at JFL Montreal for year 41. How are you doing, Vince? Well, JFL is year 41. I haven't come here 41 years. You haven't come here for 41 <laughs> years. Let's not age you that much. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I should be like that uh, SNL character with the microphone Bill Haney used to do him. That, uh... <laughs> some things last 41 years, like JFL Montreal, and some things don't, like Inside Jokes. What are you going to do? But of course, it has been all the lead up to JFL on Inside Jokes the last few weeks. But now, Vince, we're switching gears. We're bringing it back home to Toronto this week because we got a different festival. It's a bit of an indie explosion happening here in the city. There is the Danforth Comedy Festival. It's two full weeks coming here to Toronto. And we have a whole stacked two-week-long panel of comics performing on this fest, Vince. And it's kind of interesting because post-Pandy, because, again, that's what we like to call it on this show. Let's just make that more fun. Uh, we're seeing the Danforth has kind of become this new comedy hub in the city, this comedy hotspot, um, yeah. which we're going to get into with the panel because for years we always had the social capital. The SoCap Theater was always sort of this, like, East End outpost for independent comedy. That's been there for years. That was sort of the hub of this scene in this neighborhood. But now you're seeing, of course, there's comedy bar 2.0 there's comedy bar on the danforth that opened up second city had their temporary home out there uh there's comedy on the danforth there's all these new indie clubs and venues that are springing up and now we've got this whole two-week festival that seems to be built right around this scene yeah it's uh it's it's shaping up they're making as they say something out of nothing because it was long forgotten the danforth it was you know greek town and and now there's so much more things you could see and do the danforth music hall is bringing in comedy shows so the Danforth has, has been shaping up Things are happening years. on the Danforth. It's not Amazing. just condemned buildings. You know, go through Greektown, have a little baklava, get a little chuckle. There's Go see the sights. Go see some comedy. That's what I always say uh, starting right you know where, now. You know where things aren't happening? In this food court that I'm broadcasting from right that is now. Where, now. <laughs> by the way, you made the trek early this morning. You made the trek to Montreal for the fest. What are you most excited to see? What do you Before we jump over to our panel and get into the Danforth Comedy Festival, what are you kicking off your calendar with? What are tonight's shows, Vince? What are you checking out? Well, first, I'd like to get a cup of coffee, but uh, it's crazy. It's pandemonium here on the streets of Montreal. No, actually, tonight, you're checking out the Nasty Show. Uh, then there's the uh, Just for the Culture Show I'm checking out as well. Uh, JFL's a great client of ours. They've always treated us well. So uh, some nice uh, uh, venues to check out. Uh, Club Soto, obviously, a legendary uh, spot to check out a lot of these great shows. But yeah, Nasty Show tonight, Comedy for the Culture, a lot of great comics coming through town. But let's... Uh, Let's kick it off with the Danforth. I mean, it, it is, of course, a you know bittersweet because yes, we've always had such a great relationship with our friends over at JFL, and of course, Prez Bruce Hills, who we had on the air with us last week. Uh, but you're there, baby. You're in the center of the action. You're in a food court right now, but that's fine. This is Canadian talk radio. You're like yeah. a Howard Cosell right now. That's what's going <laughs> on. Uh, and I'm hoping that at least 
some of our <laughs> listeners on 640 are old enough to know and appreciate who that is. And for all the comics who don't, the hell with you. We're off the air in three weeks anyways. But anyways, there you go. Lots of comics, lots to get into. The Danforth Comedy Fest is hitting Toronto for two weeks straight. There's a ton of talent on this lineup. Let's get into it. This is the end of the month. This is the roundup, and away we go. All you trekkies and TV addicts, don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static. All you cling on to your grandma's house, grab your back street friend to get loud. Bullet doors off inches, grab you with the pinches. And no, I didn't retire. I snatch you off with the needle nose pliers. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, on Global News Online. It is the end of another month of comedy, and that means it is time again for the Roundup. We have a full cast of comics on the show tonight, and we are talking all things Danforth Comedy Festival. That's right. It's been all about JFL the last few weeks as we wind up to, of course, JFL 41 taking place in Montreal right now. Our producer, Vince Tedesco, is literally broadcasting from a food court in Montreal because I don't have a budget for this show. Uh, But this week, it is all about Toronto because there's a big independent festival taking over the Danforth. It is comedy on the Danforth, which is blowing up in that that scene. So we got five of the comics taking place on this festival. We got our old friend, Lenny Corrado. How are you doing, buddy? Okay, how are you? Good to have you on again. We did used to, I mean, we had you back in, you know, the pre-Pandy days when we were actually in a studio filled with people. Yes, that was Which nice. we're going to do again soon, which is very exciting. And then immediately after that, we're getting canceled. But that's a whole other different show. <laughs> <laughs> We've got well, George Regim on with us right now. George, how are you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for joining us. First time on Inside Jokes and uh, just quite frankly, time-wise, uh, last time. Just that's how things go. Uh, we, <laughs> Angela Meyerano Thurston is on the air with us. How are you doing, Angela? I'm okay. How are you doing? Good, good, good. And, of course, we have Mary Kennedy on the air with us. How are you doing, Mary? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. And last but certainly not least, our returning friend of the show, Akeem Hoyt-Charles, is back again. How are you doing, man? What's happening? Sorry I'm late. You know what time of year it is for me? Late nights, early mornings. My bad. <laughs> Any listen, I've we've been saying this for just shy of eight seasons now. Any Canadian comic that is willing to get up in the morning to do pseudo conservative AM talk radio, we appreciate it. We know you people are all up until four in the morning and running around all over town. Uh, but it is exciting because, of course, every summer we get sort of we go into JFL mode and things kind of become very much centered around Montreal. Uh, but it's nice to sort of flip gears and come back home to Toronto and talk about sort of. All the things that are changing on the indie comedy scene here in Toronto, it's kind of exciting because it's sort of that old adage of, you know, burn down the forest for new growth. Because now in the last couple of years coming out of this pandemic, you look at the Toronto comedy scene, how much it has changed. I mean, the landscape has changed so much. All these independent clubs that have that have sort of become these new hotspots, independent festivals, record labels, all of this stuff right now in Canada and especially in this city feels very much built by comics themselves. It's a lot of comics going, well, I can't wait for the industry to reopen. I'm going to start a club or I'm going to build a tour. Or I'm going to do a label. And it's really blowing up. But of course, there's this Danforth Comedy Festival. It's going to be happening for two weeks. It is stacked with some of the creme de la creme of Toronto comics and comics coming in from outside the city. Uh, and it sort of is very much a representative of what's happening in the city right now. And it's an interesting spot because uh, this is what I want to pick your brains about first on the panel. The Danforth was always, I mean, there was always the Social Capital Theater. That was always sort of a cult heritage place for, you know, sketch shows and stand-up and improv. But it was sort of this far-flung 
East End outpost in the middle of nowhere, and there was nothing really else around there. That was sort of the only hub. Now we're seeing the Danforth sort of blow up as its own scene within the city. I mean, you have obviously the new comedy bar, the second home of the comedy bar. You have the dawn on the Danforth. Uh, why, why do we all think, and I'll really throw this to anybody on the panel, but why do we think all of a sudden this particular part of the city is all of a sudden coming to life and becoming a comedy hub? Is this because it's a way for comics to stream in from the suburbs? Is this a lot of the comics on this festival are comics who maybe don't trek their way all downtown to the West End all the time? I think it's just uh, it's easy access. The subway's right there. Like, you can get off and walk to the SoCap. Very simple, right? So they figure, hey, let's get some places out here, get the comics to come this way. And even if they have a couple of shows, they can commute back down to Comedy Bar uh, Ossington and Bloor and maybe do two shows the same night. It's kind of difficult, but you can. It, it does happen. It's great for the comics. They have three more venues that they can go to and, and book and do their own shows. Like you said, they're getting away from working at clubs now. We don't need to work at clubs. Our goal was to get onto a club now, but now other clubs have formed, and you can do your own shows at these clubs. And for a minimal payment, really, you take a chance. You take a loss sometimes, and sometimes you make money, but it's you doing it with the people you want on your show. It's amazing. Well, and that's the fun. And I mean, like you said, Lenny, it's kind of, this is kind of like a lot of the comics we're seeing on this festival lineup. It's not just all the downtown club comics anymore. Yourself and Angela are both great examples of this. You've both always, I mean, yes, you come into the city and do shows, but you've also been comics that work a lot out in the suburbs and outside of the city. So coming into a club like this and doing a festival like this on the Danforth, this feels like it's a chance to sort of showcase comics that we don't see on the other festival lineups in this city. Oh, for yes. sure. For sure. It's, it's a great uh, festival because you, you don't realize how many comics there are. So, like, a lot of them are are around the Danforth. Like, I'm, I'm in Whitby, so, oh, my God, it's like a dream just to go in that pocket to perform. So I don't have to go all the way out to St. Catharines. What the hell, man? It's like an hour and a half away, St. Catharines, for me. Do you know how much gas that is? But anyway, I won't get into that. Uh, but uh, I'm extremely excited. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's Canadian comedy in a nutshell. It's always just been about putting in the kilometers and sometimes... There, there are only, there are only, there are 45, 47 comics on this festival in the first two weekends of August, and that's a drop in the bucket of all the comics that are in. There's so many comics that are in Toronto that yeah. are so good that didn't yeah. are not on this festival. That's why hopefully it will be next year and the following year it'll be an, an annual festival and use everybody, utilize everybody, and then bring the the comics from the states as well that the people want to see that don't see here, right? Well, and my kilometers are much longer than the rest of you guys because I'm in LA. <laughs> so I'm coming all the way from yeah. Los Angeles and I met Luke who through Comedy Nuggets through a pandemic show. So the fact that, and I'm touring with my one woman show as well. So I'm trying to get that out there. So for me, I'll go anywhere to, for a stage and Canada treated me so lovely during the pandemic. So, you know, I'm just grateful to be there and to, to perform for you guys. So. Well, no, I'm Mary. Mary Kennedy, by the way. Mary Kennedy, who's, who's literally teaching a comedy course after this show. But it, it is exciting too, Mary, because this festival, again, you know, this is a neighborhood in Toronto that wasn't really always a comedy hub. And now all these independent clubs have blown up there and are absolutely thriving. I mean, even Second City had their temporary new home on this strip on the Danforth until they built their new theater. So it really has become this hotspot. And it's exciting, even seeing comics like yourself come into the city and do this area where this is all brand new stuff. This is all brand new post-pandy. We call it the pandy on this show because we try to make it more fun and cheerful. <laughs> this is all sort of 
a cross-section of what's happening in, in Toronto right now. Uh, but there's lots to get into. There's lots with this festival. And of course, it is the monthly roundup. So just in general, a lot I want to pick this panel's brains about. We're going to come back with more of the roundup, more comedy on the Danforth right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, everybody. I'm going to be at the Danforth Comedy Festival on August 5th at 8 o'clock, SoCap Comedy, 154 Danforth Ave, with headliner Crystal Ferrier. So I'm excited. I've never been to Toronto, uh, and I can't wait to see you all on August 5th at 8 o'clock. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. This week's episode is brought to you by absolutely not a soul. We are newly single and looking to mingle, but for a limited time only. We are talking, it is the roundup, and we are talking all things comedy on the Danforth. There's a huge independent comedy festival, two weeks of some of the best of the best showcased here in Toronto and comics flooding into the city uh, for the Danforth Comedy Festival. We have a full panel on the roundup right now. One thing that Lenny Corrado brought up before the break, which I think is interesting that we're seeing a lot of in this city right now is, again, the fact that a lot of these independent clubs have opened up and a lot of the comics we're seeing headlining festivals now are comics that sort of built their own audiences because there was a time for a couple of years, as we all know, where the industry sort of went on pause and clubs were closed and tours weren't happening. So comics had to be resourceful and go, well, I have to just build my own things then. And in a weird way, that sort of, it didn't get rid of, quote unquote, the gatekeepers in Canadian comedy. That's still there. But now there's a lot more outer roads that you can take. It's not just that same old traditional route of Lenny, as you said, before the break. It was in Toronto. It was always, there's two clubs and you fight your way onto the open mics or the sign up and go ups. Or you'd phone those phone lines and try to get a spot on amateur night and then hope that you get booked and signed. And then you hit the road and that's it. Those options still exist, but it's not the only way anymore. No, and you also have a lot of more theme shows. There's so many theme shows out there that helps every group put themselves out there in comedy. It's amazing. Like, you know, and the Danforth Festival, there's going to be two shows that are Greek comics. Uh, you know, during the, during the, walk, uh, the Taste of the Danforth, there's two shows that are specifically oriented for the Greek community. They don't speak Greek, obviously, but they're Greek, mm -hmm. uh, Canadian Greek comics, and they're, they're all very funny. Well, it is, yeah, that is right in the in the heart of Greektown. I mean, George, George and Akeem, for both of you guys, I mean, you're obviously coming up in a time in this scene where it's, again, this is a lot of new clubs that are happening, and there's a lot of headliners that we're seeing that sort of, again, built their own way through, a lot of it was digital platforms, a lot of people hitting TikTok and YouTube and building their own, you know, releasing self-released albums and self-started labels and all this stuff. Does it feel more now as comics right now in this city that, you are sort of in charge of your own destiny more and you don't really have to answer to anybody. I'll let George go ahead first. Uh, well, I'm actually, I'm from England and this is my first time in, uh, yes, Ontario. that's true. You're not from here. <laughs> uh, fair play. I, I, I can lie. I can make it up. Yeah. Oh my God. Lie. So many. Oh, you know what? All these clubs of different names. God, love it. Love all the, like the comedy house man's nope that doesn't sound good that, just, that, that's terrible 
that was not good improv. That was bad improv. Sorry, it's quite early. To me. I'm usually very asleep. What is uh, it like? I mean, over the, I mean, all of our friends in the UK that we talk to, it is sort of, it, 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 it has always been sort of the same way. You go and you, you know, showcase for the bookers and you showcase for the clubs and try and get on that way and that's it. But does England still also have a similar system where it's like you kind of have to get out and just pound the pavement and build shows yeah. and just put in the roadwork? Oh, 100%. But there's not really, there's not like, a, I still don't think there's a fast track route because I think the, the bottom line is you still have to kind of prove that you can do the job on a stage. Like, it can be as fun as you want on your reels, on your little videos, little skits. So, yeah, I, and I love stuff like that. I don't personally make them, but I love watching like other people who sort of churn that stuff out and like this great content. But like, at the end of the day, like, you're not going to get paid to be funny in Britain unless you like prove yourself on their mm-hmm. stage, which is kind of like, it is long winded and it is a bit of a, it can be a bit of a faff. And at a certain point, you kind of get established enough that people will sort of book you sight unseen, but not the big places. And you really do have to sort of gun it and, for lack of a better word, eat, you know, turd to sort of kind of, you know... <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of, like, you know... I mean, the first year that I did stand-up, I was gunning it as many weeks as I could, you know, as many gigs as I could do in a week, but I was terrible at it. And I mean, like, I'm not saying that to be self-effacing. I mean, I was genuinely dog shit like real real bad at stand-up for about a year and a half and it only really clicked when i started using a guitar which i'd always sort of done in bands and stuff so that kind of gave me a little bit of a barrier but in a general in a general sense yeah like i mean it's it's weird when it, i'm glad it started becoming enjoyable because i think if, it, if i'd gunned it and it had been terrible but any longer than it was than it was i probably wouldn't have lasted much longer so i think it's kind of like it is like it's the same sort of thing where you have to sort of pound the pavement and sort of get get the shows and then get the gig miles in. But it's also like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, maybe Canada's a bit different. Maybe it's a little bit more, um, not, not streamlined, but I suppose like, you know, it's more scenes that are more concentrated. You can sort of like do all right in like your place. Whereas in Britain, because it's such a small country, you have to go all over to kind of, you know, establish yourself. They've got really build, build a following in your, enough people who go to comedy, I guess. Well, I mean, not, not, yeah. In Canada, it was always about, because, I mean, obviously, you know, in the UK, you sort of, you do have your own, quote unquote, star system that we don't really have in Canada. I mean, you can work your way up there and, you know, get on television and and do the clubs and, and tour and do the festivals and all that stuff. In Canada, it was always about getting the handful of festivals getting signed by one of the clubs and then getting your paperwork and leaving and going to the U S <laughs> was always just this springboard. Like I'm here until I don't have to be. And then I get to go to New York or LA, you pick one of the two and that's it. Good it system. A good like, system. Yeah. And it does kind of feel like that is finally changing in some ways where comics are more, I think a lot of comics are more focused now on staying in Canada and staying in their scenes here and building something. Cause it does feel more possible now yeah and i feel like i mean to honest, i mean that's an example like you say of like you know people's like you know going from canada to the u.s that's literally what i've done from britain you know i've kind of moved over to well austin at the moment but i'm going to leave soon because my ro- my roommate is a lunatic but um beyond <laughs> that like oh god i mean that could be a whole podcast in itself like he's he's, he's in his late 40s and he only eats cereal and candy i just don't think he's right <laughs> doesn't sit right with me just anyway but yeah like i've moved over because like Oh, hundred percent. That's what I mean. Like I'm the I'm the way I should be the weird one. I can't be the not the one sort of propping up the weird. Though it has to be the other way around. I mean, that is why I'm still single, though. I think. <laughs> well, and Austin, Austin has got a huge resur- uh, resurgence in the sense that a lot of LA comics uh, ditched um, 
ditched LA when the pandemic happened. I mean, I got to tell you from starting in New York and then I've been doing comedy for 27 years. When I came out to Los Angeles, I had to redo because LA did not mm. care about my stuff in New York. And then I right. had to get TV credits. So I have a ton of TV credits. I'm not going to bore you guys. Um, but in LA, those TV credits don't matter as much as they do across our great nation and the amazing Canada. So I just, you know, it's interesting that you say that uh, Britain sounds a lot like Los Angeles. And there's a lot of mm. people that came out of pandemic that were doing Zoom shows and were killing it on Zoom and then thought that they should be headlining, you know, Comedy Magic Club. And they've only got mm. about two years under their belt, you know. So us old old timers, sorry, we just, you know, we just sit there and go, really? Like, you know, so it's an interesting dichotomy. And, you know, credits matter more here sometimes in talent. I'm not begrudging it. There are some of the most amazing comics I've worked with in Los Angeles. But we're still all pushing the narrative. And there's even more comics now that we're on strike because everybody can't sit on their hands during the strike. So that's kind of what we're dealing with. Yeah. By the way, what yeah. is what is that scene like right now, Mary, with because I mean, you know, we've been talking about that on this show for months because a lot of our friends living and working in L.A. Yeah. When you're a comic there, half of what you do is getting writing gigs. And we were for months, people were saying, well, the Writers Guild isn't going back anytime soon. And eventually it's going to be the big three on strike. And now that is what's happening. And it's this whole massive ripple effect. So, yeah, what does that scene look like right now? Because, again, half the stand-ups in that city, they're in writer's rooms. They work in writer's rooms. So a lot of us are going on tour. My agent said, it's time to take your one-person show out on tour. So I'm on tour for that. Um, we can still do commercials, which is great. There's no writer's rooms. They're on the picket lines. They're doing their own content. A lot of them are doing one person shows, but one of the caveats of being on strike is we can't promote anything we've worked on in a television or film media. So it's a little interesting. It's interesting to watch these, these veterans who, you know, are starting to do the one person shows or they're starting to do podcasts just so they can get their stuff out there. Um, yeah, we don't know how long it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting fight. There's some comics that want to start their own union out here, <laughs> which what? we tried in New York and that didn't work. But I'm just saying it's it's the Wild West. I think it's the Wild West everywhere. I mean, I, I just think we're trying to figure out our place. I think now it's the most popular time for comedy because we don't have the content. So clubs are having this incredible thing independent shows are having this i mean i did a show last night it was a one woman show thing for my my company packed packed to the rafters standing room only so it is good. sort of a double-edged sword right now because yeah you do have all of that it, it kind of is it kind of is a throwback to sort of mid-pandemic in in some ways because a similar a similar thing happened you had all these veteran comics who have been you know they've been doing festivals and galas and tv specials and albums for 20 plus years all of a sudden everything shut down. So they were forced onto these new platforms that they never would have touched in a million years. So all of a sudden they're doing live streams on Instagram and they're doing TikTok and all this stuff because it was a way to find a new audience and to and to just keep working when when the lights were shut off. But now it's also, it does feel like in Canada and the US, it feels like there's this whole new wave of audiences coming out and watching live comedy there's sort of resurgence because there's a lot of people that just sat at home for two years listening to podcasts and watching specials and they're going i want to go out and see live comedy so it is sort of there's a silver lining for sure but anyways 
Lots more to get into with our panel here on the Roundup. Lots more comedy on the Danforth. We will be right back with more inside jokes right here on 640. Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming all across the known universe on Global News Online. It is the end of another month of punchlines, and that means it's time again for the roundup. We are talking all things Danforth Comedy. The Danforth Comedy Festival takes over this city for two weeks this August. Packed lineup of some of the who's who in Canadian comedy, some of Toronto's own crowd killers, and even comics coming in from all over the map. We've got George Rigdon coming in from the UK. Which, So, by the way, George, this is your first time ever performing in Canada? Uh, well, I've, I've been doing shows out in uh, Montreal and Ottawa this weekend. Uh, so that's Thank been you. really, really fun. As a, as a sort of entry point to sort of be like, this is going to be fabulous. Um, but uh, And it has been really fun. But it's just like, I didn't realize it would be as hot here as it is in Texas. So I'm just sort of, I packed the colder weather. That was stupid. No, that's but, a, um, a thing of the past. The world is melting. <laughs> oh yeah this is why i deleted the news apps from my phone because i didn't want to know any more news but there we go but yeah it's um yeah i'm loving it i mean canada's like i was kind of worried that it would be like you know you never know what to expect in the sort of current climate with comedy and stuff and but it, like, i kind of thought like oh god are they going to be like some americans or they're like a bit kind of like this isn't funny but uh so far they think i'm very good so that's been uh that's been a real treat and i hope it, long may that continue into downfall maybe that'll be Unless that's my slip up. Oh, God. Is it going to be awful? Let's find out together. No, well, and of course, in, Mon- in Montreal right now, that's, I mean, it's you're in the middle of the hype. That's, you know, JFL is going on right now. That's the biggest event of the year in comedy. Uh, yeah. Canadian audiences, though, I mean, so far, I don't know how different you find it from the UK because, you know, we talk about this a lot on this show, but Canada is sort of this, we're this sort of weird middle stepchild between, because obviously we have Hollywood right next door and we have, that behemoth right next door. So we're influenced so much by that in our showbiz and in our comedy. But we also have a lot of influence from British comedy and from those sensibilities. We're sort of this weird amalgamation of American sensibilities and British sensibilities. And that sort of is what Canadian comedy really borrows a lot from. I mean, you look at our more famous sketch troupe, the kids in the hall are probably the best example. Mm. Very much a lot of traditions of British comedy in there. There's a lot of influence from Python and all these great sketch troops. But how are you finding audiences in Canada so far? Is much different from back home for you? No, in, in, in all honesty, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, this is going to sound a little bit kind of on the nose, but it's a little bit like as if all the kind of Commonwealth and former colonies have the, the thing we have in common is like a rich stream of self-hatred. So I think like just people here, people in Canada, people in the States, people in Britain just love being roasted. And that's my whole thing. So it's been an absolute dream moving over here because I was really kind of like, oh, God, what if someone pulls a gun on me to call them a C-word? But so far, just, just laughter, just pure laughter. So it's been great. But it is also that thing of like, oh, this is a this is very much a straight white person thing of being like, yeah, we do suck. And I think that's just kind of, it's like a, t- it's like a sort of understanding. Of, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. But like that, it, it is genuinely like, I mean, you just don't know what the humor is going to be like. But honestly, I think it is quite universal. Just like people just love being insulted. I don't think that's necessarily unique to British people either. I think it's just uh, a nice kind of uh, an American vibe, should we say. I think we all need that right now, too. I I feel like comedy has sort of the pendulum has swung back a little bit, too, because 
I, I feel like before the pandemic, comedy was sort of arriving at this weird place where everything felt like it had to have some sort of a moral attached to it and some sort mm. of message in it. You know, yeah. we were seeing a lot of these comedy specials that it was sometimes it was getting hard to tell the difference between a stand up special and a TED talk at certain points. Everything. Oh, 100%. Right? Oh my God! No, I mean that sounds like the, the Edinburgh Festival at this point, and the winner of the best comedy show is this drama. What are you talking about? It does feel like audiences that are coming back out now and going to these festivals and watching live shows are wanting to go back to just pure, raw, in the moment stand up and off the cuff stand up. Because mm. I think people, you know, the world has been such a chaotic and serious place, and we sort of shrunk to a global community the last few years. And there's all these big, heavy things going on. I think people mm. are really happy to just get back into a comedy club and get back into a theater and get back to a festival and turn the lights down for 90 minutes and put the real world aside and just be able to laugh at all these big, scary things. And I think that's why we're seeing audiences come out in droves again, just wanting to put this stuff on pause and just be able to laugh about it all. And it's sort of been a refresher for stand-up, I think, because we're moving away from, you know, that era we were in of self-policing and you can't talk about all these things. Now it's like people are like, I want that actually because I need to forget about real life for a night. hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I think that's something that's been quite refreshing about sort of starting again in the States and Canada with comedy is that like there is that kind of anxiety of like, oh God, it's like everywhere still going to be kind of like, and I don't mean this in a sort of damning way, but the word woke is I think they get thrown around a lot. It's like people are sort of checking themselves. You're like, oh, should I be laughing at this? Whereas like now it's still like, you know what? You know, I'm a, I'm a comedy fan. I want to go see... If I'm going to go see live comedy, I don't want to go and see someone tell me why I should hate myself. I want to go there and have them do that, but make me laugh without thinking. And that's what I try to do. So, yeah. But it has been like, yeah, it's been really like, honestly, like really nice. And it has been refreshing, especially like down in Austin, like Rogan has opened that club, which is effectively kind of an active reaction to kind of, you know, cancel culture and people like sort of being called out. Like, and I, you know, like, for example, Netflix standing by Chappelle, that's a really... That felt like the tide was turning when that happened because it was kind of like, oh, so it is just about how funny you are. And if you don't, you know, if it's not for you, don't watch it. And you shouldn't have, you know, I, yeah, I personally think it's a really, to be honest, in a weird way, kind of an exciting time for comedy because people are genuine. It feels, it feels almost like it's underground again to be like that when actually the irony is that that's still broadly like what mainstream comedy is and the perception of people is like being kind of like roasted and sort of like the raw sort of live energy. But Actually, it does feel a bit like for us performers, I guess, because of COVID as well. Like, it is that sort of thing of almost like it's a, it's like reinvigorating again, I suppose, to have that kind of like immediacy, you know? It really is. And I mean, you know, at the end of the day, not everything is, is not everything has to be for everyone. Not everyone's going to like everything. But, you know, we, we, we have to trust audiences. You put it out there and if it lands, it lands. That's it. Mm, 100%. 100%. Yeah. We're going to come back with more of our monthly roundup, more of the Danforth Comedy Festival coming to Toronto this August. We're going to come back with more of our panel right here on Inside Jokes. This is uh, Lenny Corrado, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Uh, we're promoting a festival coming up, the Danforth Comedy Festival. I'm on the the fifth, the Friday, the fifth, I believe, no, the fourth. Uh, I will be doing a spot there at the Comedy Bar Danforth, and I will also be uh, on the fifth. I will be I'll be the MC for the show that Mary Kennedy is on with uh, Crystal Ferrier at the Soap Theater. Do, 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 do. 
Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. It is, of course, the end of another month of comedy, and that means it is time again for the roundup. We are talking the Danforth Comedy Festival, hitting the mean streets of Toronto this August. Uh, but this week's episode might not be brought to you by Hakeem Optical, but we do have <laughs> Hakeem Hoyt Charles on the air. Oh, hey Hey, Yes, we, of course, are talking the Danforth Comedy Festival. We have a huge lineup of talent there. But also, Akeem, you happen to be back home in Montreal right now. You did some shows last week. So, elephant in the room. We, of course, we have to talk about JFL as it's happening in real time. We've been teeing up for it on for weeks here on Inside Jokes. What's, what's, the, what's the tone of the fest so far? What are you most excited about? Because I know, obviously, you know, that's first off, that was your comedy hometown. And that's, you know, everyone yeah. wants to get on that festival and perform there. But it's also about just, like being shoulder to shoulder with these other comics. And, it, and again, we always, we sort of beat this horse to death, but it does, it, it does feel like summer camp for comics. So what, what's it like at this year's fest? Cause this is kind of the big, big return post pandemic. Yeah. What are you excited to see? What are you excited to do? What's the overall vibe there right now for you? Oh man, the energy's just been crazy. Like even coming from doing Zoofest, shout out to off to Zoofest. Those shows were spectacular. Most shows were all sold out. Everyone's excited. All the local comics. It's like, so many comics that I started doing comedy with um, are now getting opportunities to get their festival passes and to and to be shoulder to shoulders and not just look like fans of these people that are coming into town, but actually like feel like a peer, right? Like when yeah. we're coming into town, like Vince, I met Vince back in 2018, just walking around with a backpack, losing sleep, just looking around, like dreaming of the day that I get to be a part of this festival. And you know, now here we are, I'm doing two festivals back-to-back uh, -back weeks it's insane so um the one thing i'm really looking forward to is uh the bad boys show bad boys today outdoor show for jfl yeah you have jess hilarious and donnell rawlings uh both headlining that show tonight so it's gonna be a lot of fun and then surrounded surrounded is a crowd work show with some of the best crowd work comics ever Mar marlon wayans is gonna be in town and to be able to be such a fan of him since i was a child watching all his movies from scary movie to white chicks, to watching all this stuff, to now being able to rub shoulders and, and potentially work with them in the future is nuts. So the energy is just off the wall. Like, I can't wait to get downtown. And it is exciting. I mean, we we had Bruce Hills from JFL on the air with us last week, and that's kind of what he was saying is, you know, last year was their big 40th anniversary, and last right. year was their first fully live festival returning after the pandemic. But things were still sort of slowly awakening then, and there, you know, yeah. people were sort of hesitant still, and it was sort of like a soft relaunch in some ways, even though it was a big anniversary. This is the year where it's really like the full blown, yeah. full full thing, and I mean, in in Montreal, you can't avoid it. It's like comedy Mardi Gras. It's just it's everywhere. It's it's nuts. They, they uh, last year, it's like you go in the pool, you don't know if it's cold, you're dipping your toe in, and you're looking around to see what everyone else does. Once we realize, okay, the wa the water's warm, we can go in. Now this year, it's like we're back to all the parties every night, um, more shows than ever, big, massive venues. Everything's sold out. People are, are shoulder to shoulder. It's, it's that energy of like just comedy, how it is supposed to be. Like everyone's just outside. The streets yesterday, Vince, I don't know when you got into town, but the streets yesterday were littered from like literally early afternoon up until late at night. Like it's insane. People are going home. They're staying out, and it's just—it's good. It's good to be back. That's all I can say. So, I—I I just can't wait to see what this week has in store, and then to bring that energy 
directly into Danforth next week. Because like so many, so many comics will deal with this stuff and they will go through this whole experience and then they go back home and it's like, okay, well, I'm going back to my I'm going back to Winnipeg, I'm going back to Ottawa. And it's like they're on such a high, but like they have nowhere to bring that energy to. Whereas I have the I'm fortunate enough to just jump from one festival to another and then bring all this energy. So I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. It's now, gonna be now, King, a lot of fun. Don't get too spoiled, okay? Because I know they treat you well in Montreal. Now, when you come to Toronto, the Danforth is still starting up. It's a new festival, so don't <laughs> make it seem like, hey, where's my black Uber taking me to my show? Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, hey, I volunteer. I'll so drive you around, okay? okay. Thank you, like, I appreciate you. I'm, all I'm saying is JFL is a very established comedy festival. Danforth is, is still in a preliminary phase right now. But uh, you'll have a good time. Don't you worry. I'll come see you, as you will come see me. As we're both hanging out in Montreal, hundred percent. But uh, the Danforth, you're gonna be, you're gonna be a part of something that is obviously gonna grow throughout the years. So I'm glad you got it in at the at the beginning stage. And I'm and so Vince, don't forget that the the fourth and fifth of August, the first weekend, our buddy Nathan McIntosh is coming to town too. Remember, our buddy he's very he's hilarious. You got home. Yeah, I know. Yep. That's the exciting thing, though, in this city is, yeah, you have this this Danforth Comedy Festival. We also had, for the second year, the Toronto Comedy Festival. JFL Toronto is coming back. I mean, again, it's this exciting time where these new independent festivals are also happening, and you're getting us to see who some of now the current headliners coming up are. So this is a good cross-section of sort of who's who in this city right now and in Canadian comedy. And we've got our friends like George and Mary that are coming to Toronto that have never come here before and they have no idea what or where the Danforth is and <laughs> where are they ever going to find out. Uh, before we let the panel go, before we wrap up the roundup, we'll go around, find out where we can catch you all live, catch you on the internets, all that good stuff. Uh, Lenny Corrado, AKA Lenny the Butcher, where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can follow me basically on Instagram. It's Lenny the Butcher with one N, otherwise you get some other Lenny. Lenny the Butcher with one N. And I'll be, the biggest thing I'm doing uh, coming up will be the, I'm going to be at Jokers in Richmond Hill on the 18th and 19th of August with uh, Sebastian Burgo and Angela Majorano is going to be the host that night for two shows uh, that weekend. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm hosting that. <laughs> there we go. Speaking of, Angela, where can we follow you on the internets and catch you live, all that good stuff? Oh, please follow me on Angela Deep Voice Mama. Huh? Uh I know. I should make that shorter. But anyway, I like it. I think it has, it could work on a t-shirt. And on TikTok, it's just Angela Funny. Huh? And Angela, of oh course, on the, at the Danforth Festival, we're going to be there in the next couple of weekends. That too. That's right. You can catch me August 12th at 8 p.m. on the beautiful comedy bar in the Danforth. Oh, my God. Have you seen how clean that place is? George, <laughs> it is so clean. It, there's no sadness. A key. Oh. You, you no could go to the bathroom yet. and like you could like touch things and not worry. Yeah. Well, it's still it's still new. It'll get tainted by the comedy. No, don't don't yeah. say that. Don't say that. There will be some sadness. Angela, we'll we'll get you to do a liner just pretending that you're Victoria Jackson as well. Uh, yeah. Where can we follow you online, my good friend? Before you hit the mean streets of Toronto. Oh, yeah, those mean streets, those notoriously terrifying streets of very peaceful Canada, Toronto. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so I'm only on the Instagram because all the other apps didn't want to kill myself. So uh, if you want to follow me on there, it's Rigdon Funny, R-I-G-D-E-N Funny. 
if you don't want to follow me, uh, or if you do want to follow me, but you don't like how my vibe is, uh, my handle is James Corden, just so you know. <laughs> like, if, you, if, this your, if this isn't your thing, just say, oh, that was James Corden on that podcast. So yeah, just hug me down and send me some abuse. Uh, but seriously, rigged and funny. Please follow me. I need the numbers. There we go. And of course, our good friend in Montreal, Akeem Hoy Charles, where do we find you, my good man? You can find me at Akeem Grams with a Z on uh, Instagram. That's where most of my stuff is. I'm working on a website now, so I'll be up soon. But yeah, for now, that's where you can catch me. There we go. Thank you again to our panel. Thank you again to everyone on the Roundup. And of course, our friend Mary Kennedy, who had to run. But you can catch all of these comics and 42 more of them, in fact, at the Danforth Comedy Festival coming up this August in Toronto because we're in full swing of festival season. That is our show. That is our roundup. That is our panel. But you can tune in again next week right here on 640 Toronto and stream it all on Global News Online. And we'll be back with part two of the Danforth Comedy Festival. That is our show. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. This week's Comedy RX is Akeem Hoya Charles. Ladies, this is just for the ladies, okay? Fellas, keep your answers up, ladies. My round of applause, how many women here have ever gone to the gym, done some of a fitness class, gym class in high school, some type of workout in their life? Round of applause. <laughs> Fellas, you hear that? That's damn near the entire audience, okay? Now, all these women be putting their stuff on Instagram uh, with fit at the end of their name. They don't want, everyone wants to be on Instagram. If you be seeing what they do, in the gym, the most exotic like exercises in the world. They be doing like these with the elastic band around the knees. They be doing these with the elastic bands on the knees. They be twerking, looking back at it with the elastic bands on the knees. They be doing all these exotic gym exercises. You ask your girl to go on top for one minute. All the excuses come out. Oh baby cramps. Oh I'm so sorry. I got a lot of that work. Just put it in, just go, just put it in. All the excuses in the world. And then they have the nerve to put hashtag fit like an Instagram bio. Shut up! <laughs> ladies, ladies, when y'all go to the gym, y'all beautiful. Y'all squat, the booty looks popping. But why is it every time a man asks you to go on top, all of a sudden your check engine light comes on? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.